0: Hello, and welcome to the Yuma Sun Sports Podcast. Today is Monday, October 2nd. My name is Warner Strasbaugh. I'm a sports reporter for the Yuma Sun. Joining me in the newsroom, sports editor Grady Garrett. Grady, how's it going? Going well.
1: I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of us that we are doing this back-to-back week. It's on a record. I feel like we always talk about it. Yeah, hey, and on a Monday.
0: Monday's definitely the earliest in the week we've done one of these.
1: Yeah, yeah. We figured we may as well just get it knocked out early in the week before we uh, get caught up with all the busy stuff later, and then end up canceling it, which is what so happened so many times in past years.
0: But we're trying to be over that this year. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we do this thing called planning in advance. You know, it's quite a concept. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's already October. I can't believe it, um, and we're past the midway point in the in the high school football season, and playoffs start in a month. Yeah, it's um, crazy. You know, so last week we wanted to. Go over last week and go over the lines that we set in one of our segments and sort of recap the games in that way. Um, yeah, light on home games, we were both at Cibola and Valley Vista, which ended up being a pretty pretty entertaining game, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but first is a segment that we're doing called The Thought of the Week. Grady, you have a thought of the week, non-football one. Yeah, I'm
1: going to kind of break the mold here and uh, go with the non-football thought of the week. And, you know, we, it's always a struggle to kind of, in these podcasts, find time and carve out time to talk about other sports other than the one, the big one, which in the fall is football. But uh, there is a big storyline that doesn't involve football happening, and that is the COFA volleyball team is kind of has my attention this week. Um, probably more so than any volleyball team has had my attention in the uh, three plus years that I've been here because uh, Kofa Volleyball is off to a 13-0, well, 14-0 start. They won again tonight. Again, we're recording this on Monday. Um, tomorrow, on Tuesday, they play Cibola um, with a chance to move to 15-0, which by the time you hear this podcast, that that match may or may not have already happened, but I fully anticipate they will win that match. But uh, So 15-0, and on Thursday they have a huge huge game against uh Sandra Day O'Connor who is currently ranked number nine in 6a Kofa is number seven in 6a so that's a legitimate end of the regular season top 10 matchup in volleyball in Yuma which I could not tell you the last time that that happened and I have looked through a lot of volleyball stuff in um recent weeks and months and dating back for a long time and who knows when the last time there was a legitimate especially at the top division top 10 matchup and yeah so just the fact that they're having the kind of season that they're having and it's so notable just because i was telling you this earlier before we started recording 2006 was the last time that a volleyball team from this area hosted a first round state game and kofa as long as they finish in the top 16 will be hosting a first round play in whatever you want to call it state game so that would be the first time in eleven years that a state volleyball game has happened in Yuma, yeah. which yeah. And that's, that's pretty crazy,
0: regardless of level of division, regardless right? of level. Yeah, yeah so you, Kofa's doing it at the highest level yeah, too. Yeah, and I mean that
1: even includes like Antelope and Yuma Cath. Like Yuma Catholic, two thousand eleven, they were a six seed, so technically they would have hosted, but that was played at a neutral site. Um, but every other volleyball team that's made it since two thousand six was seated below eight or whatever would have been what you need to be the host. And 2006, that was actually the last time that it was Kofa who hosted one in 2006, and they won, and that was the last time any volleyball team has won a state match from you. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in future weeks when that actually approaches, but that's definitely the thing I'm watching in the next couple weeks. Kofa has four regular season matches. I would assume they're probably going to go 3-1. and one. Sandra Day O'Connor is going to be pretty tough on Thursday. But I would expect them to win their other three remaining matches, um, and finish in the top sixteen and host. So that's a storyline I will definitely be paying attention to. And This is probably the first first week that I've been fully, fully tuned in to what Copa Volleyball is doing. So that that's my thought of the week.
0: Yeah, they're they're pretty fun. I saw them play on Monday at Taylor Ridge. They won straight sets. It was close, but there was really, you know, I'm not I'm not a big uh, volleyball aficionado, but. They they closed well. Basically, you know, Healer Ridge would take an early lead, and Kofa just pretty much shut the door on
1: them. Yeah, and the crazy thing that. about them is another crazy stat. They're, so they're 14-0, and 0 and they've only lost three sets yeah. all season. So 11-3-0 victories and 3-3-1 victories. So pretty, pretty crazy, and it'll definitely be – I can't say I anticipated – Checking the volleyball rankings every day. That's not usually <laughs> one of the sports that I wake up and check what movements there have been in the rankings. But mm-hmm. I've been doing that for the six A rankings. So
0: Yeah, and Sandra Day O'Connor will probably be a pretty good sort of litmus test about their postseason chances too. Yeah. Right? That, that's the type of team. Yeah, be yeah. Playing at least in the in the next Later, round. Yeah,
1: yeah, in the round of sixteen probably. But yeah, because they, they put Sandra Day O'Connor twice last year and they got beat pretty good both times. They put him once in the regular season and that's actually who they drew in the postseason. Mm-hmm.
0: So all right. Uh, my thought of the week is that Cebola could be a playoff team in football. Um, you know, despite being two and five right now. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so last, like, I think we both agree last year's team was probably significantly better than this year's team for Cebola. Uh, and we'll get to the game against Valley Vista specifically. Um, and there, there has been a lot of improvement with, with the Raiders this year. Um, But, you know, last year, Tucson came to Yuma. Tucson was was a pretty good team. Um, And it was close, but, you know, Ceballa lost. And basically, in order to get in, unless you have the PowerPoint rankings, which is almost going to be impossible in 6A football for the Yuma teams, uh, you have to win the region. And to win the region, the Yuma team, which is the winner of Cebola Cofa, plays the Tucson team. So right now, the... Three Tucson teams, Tucson, Sunnyside, and Rincon, are a combined five and fourteen. Uh, and Tucson's two and four. You know, I, I think there's there's a real chance here. Unfortunately, the game's gonna be in Tucson. So. Yeah, that that is it. Really, is a two game two game season to yeah. them for them Kofa. Well, technically
1: one if you because you, you got to win that first one in order for the second one to matter. Right. But and that's that. I'm sure we'll be talking a ton about that next week. Cause next mm-hmm. week will be Kofa Cibola. Obviously, they're off this week, but no, that's that is a good point, and it's 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 pretty crazy, and it kind of goes to show that these first six, seven weeks of the season for those schools are basically all about improvement. It doesn't really matter what your record is right Mm -hmm.
0: now, so yeah. I mean, theoretically, a team from this region could go two and eight and go to the go to the state playoffs at the highest level. It's just it's crazy. Uh, but yeah Tucson's lost its last four. There have definitely been some some good opponents in there. Siena top. Uh, five eighteen, Desert Ridge obviously a top uh, six eighteen. But uh yeah. Lost lost their last four pretty much all. Pretty big blowouts. I think Tucson would still definitely be the favorite there, but I think when we saw Cebola and then, you know, Kofa season not playing out well we thought you know there was pretty much no chance but I think I think now after watching Savola against Valley Vista that there uh there might be a chance that Savola could make it
1: definitely possible definitely uh something will be tuned into
0: through coming weeks all right so let's go over Friday's games and the way we're going to do it is sort of build it around um what we said as the, the lines or like the point spreads. Um, in, the the in a, joking point spreads. In a world in which sports gambling is legal. Um, so so first we're going to do the the what were we thinking line. What were we thinking? We were way off. I think uh, collectively the what were we thinking line is the value of the Cibola line yeah yeah I had it I had for it both of us at
1: 15 you had it at 20 and it was a three point game yeah three point game that Sabola easily could have won
0: yeah and they were leading uh, for the first half so yeah let's get into that game um during the first half Valley Vista had four yards of offense and they looked like terrible <laughs> to be honest I mean just as far as the expectations uh, that we had you know obviously we thought, they were going to win by two or three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean,
1: they were nearly a 6-8 playoff team a year ago. Yeah. And, and so we thought they were a pretty legitimate 6-8 team. And Cibola was definitely the better team in the first half.
0: Yeah, and we remember last year uh, Cibola went to value and lost by eight. Uh, you know, a pretty good Cibola team. And we thought that was, you know, a, a pretty standout game, even though they, they ended up with a loss. Uh, and I think in a way this one's the same. But, yeah, first half Jesse Escott had 28 carries. Um, he finished with 37. But yeah, Cibola was up 13 nothing, and uh, Valley Vista really it changed right at the end of ha- right before halftime when they used their three timeouts. Valley Vista did, and then blocked Cibola's punt. Then an offsides call happened, and all of a sudden Valley Vista's first offensive play on that drives at the eight eight yard touchdown. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was 13 Nothing. small completely dominated, and then all of a sudden it's they're only up
1: by six going into halftime. Yeah, that was quite a shocking turn of events. I was actually on the field doing video because you were up in the press box doing the stats, and when Cebola lined up to punt, I was like, all right, I'm going to get a beat on the concession stand line. So I actually left, <laughs> and I was literally standing there about to get carne asada tacos, and I uh, turned around and heard the crowd, like, moan and saw that they blocked the punt. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, so... <laughs> Had to leave the line, ran back onto the field, and was able to be standing there when Valley Vista scored. But I thought the half was over, and yeah. it was not. And Sabola might have thought the half was over, too.
0: Yeah, I did, too. I, I, I remember thinking, like, why are they calling timeouts? Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> they knew they were going to block a punt. So Something about what Valley Vista was doing for a while seemed like it was on purpose. <laughs> and until the second half played out, and it's like, no, okay, they were just making some bad mistakes in the first half, but... Uh, yeah, so third quarter. Then Um Valley Vista takes the lead, and then Cibola gets a huge sack, um, and then t- comes around and, and scores and goes up nineteen fourteen. Going to the fourth quarter, kind of looked like it. You know, it could go either way at that point. But then Valley Vista scores. Cibola has two uh, two fourth down, and I think it goes fourth and two into fourth and five. And failed to convert on both, and then the second play after that uh, that fourth down, Vista with the 48-yard touchdown run to pretty much ice the game, and uh, Sabola got a score at the end to make it 28-25. But Gabriel Ramirez got
1: a score, his fourth of the game.
0: Yeah, shout out to him. That's a four four touchdowns
1: receiving is not easy to do.
0: Yeah, and for a while he had three catches, three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, he finished with six catches, seventy yards, um, and Ethan Revizo, obviously threw four of those touchdowns, and he had one hundred and forty-six yards. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a pretty good Cebola performance, I would say. I've, Valley Vista was just such a it was such a bizarre game. I, I didn't know what to make of them because for a while they just looked like this unstoppable running team in the second half, but then you know then they started making some big mistakes and Sabol was getting back in the game I it was just it was very hard to I guess evaluate um you know what it meant but I think overall Spole looked pretty good yeah
1: yeah I would guess obviously in the rest saw last year's so I would guess this year was a little more sloppy than last year's was I, I can't imagine there were as many mistakes cause I think both teams were significantly better last year so mm-hmm. this was more of a a grinded out sloppy kind of game but yeah no I it's got to be a nice confidence boost for, for Cibola to, to play a fellow 6'8 team that close.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of one of the things that their coach, uh, lucky everybody just said after the game, was like this was – he said it, he thought it was the best they played all year. And he said, you know, it's, it's important because these are high school kids who just lost, you know, to make sure they know that because they might not be thinking that. Um, so, yeah, I think just as far as confidence, you know, they have Kofa, uh, and Umanex, so they should they should win those, uh, and then it would be the, the Tucson winner after that. All right, the I almost want to change this name; it's a little too specific. And <laughs> we can think of something. And like also, that. given the given the recent news referencing that oh, city that's, in a jo- joking manner. That's true. Um, Well, you guys can figure out what that was, but we'll just call it the. What was your idea? Spot on on the nose I don't know on something the nose. like that yeah. hit it on the nose hit it on the
1: nose alright Grady the award the, the award the for line hitting on the nose goes to you for the for the line so yeah the, the, the game that put out closest to the uh, line that was projected so I had two that were that pretty much were <laughs> were on the dot we had the uh, the Kofa game um you know I, I put it as Copper Canyon 29 by 29 and uh they ended up winning by thirty, and I don't, I don't think that one was. I won't give. I mean, I deserve some credit, but Kofa did play a lot better than I think I anticipated. Um, that that that. I mean, you had that line as thirteen. Yeah. And I think somewhere, if they were to play the game, somewhere in between our lines would probably be what. Yeah. The appropriate Cause one. Because it was like it a was 28-21 right? at halftime. So Kofa definitely was hanging in there. So I wouldn't say that's uh, that's that's too. Two and I wouldn't say it was quite your standard thirty-point game. Um, and then the other one was, and you were decently close on this too. Southwest Heather Ridge, Southwest won thirty to nothing. I had us twenty-seven. You had us thirty-eight. I think mm-hmm. that game. I, I think that game played out pretty much exactly how I predicted. I yeah, said Heather Ridge would keep find a way to keep it close, mm-hmm. and then Southwest would probably end up pulling away. Yeah. And just they, like the they order literally, of state Washington, yeah. yeah, 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 it was. And they literally did. I mean, they they uh, they. The only reason it ended up being thirties because they what threw on third and
0: goal. With, third and goal, fifteen seconds left.
1: And they threw. Uh, and
0: Heal- was just. They thought they were gonna need it, so they weren't even like playing defense. Yeah, so it would have been twenty three nothing. So that would have been just one of those moments where Twitter uh, Twitter blows up with people talking about the line as. You know, tonight the Chiefs and the Redskins. The yeah, Redskins had a lateral play on a kickoff return go a while, and the Chiefs scored at the very end. And you know, Southwest just went for that late cover. So, which 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 of
1: those two games do you stood out to you more? Um,
0: I don't know. Probably Healer Ridge, just because you know they're keeping it interesting. I mean, Southwest defense pretty much shut everyone down. So yeah. I like, mean you had some good stats on what the Southwest had done to other teams,
1: and I mean it was yeah, what, it was like
0: 144 team? to seven was like the combined, or 147 to seven was the combined score against the other local teams. And the closest yeah. score was by 41, and they're 10 and 0 in the last three years, and they've swept the public schools the last two years. Yeah, they've just it's just been like the nightmare for Yuma teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was zero zero with uh, what was it. With 144 left in the half, zero zero. It's crazy. And this is a team. I know Kofa kept it close in the first quarter. I think it was seven seven, and Southwest ended up going up like 28 seven and a half. So to keep it that close in the half, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to be super positive about a 30 nothing loss. But I think this one is a good one to do that because here, defense has done this. They did it against Brawley. Now the problem, of course, is. You give them credit for three quarters, but then the fourth quarter, if they give up a bunch, that's not a good thing either. But I think I think they're they're part of the way there, and they've been most competitive with Brawley and Southwest among all the teams, including Cebola. Yeah, no,
1: that that's Gila Ridge. It'll be, I mean, we're gonna talk more about Gila Ridge because they're they're probably the game of the week for this week. So, but yeah, yeah, no, they just find a way to to keep it close against those teams. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Um, All right, so then what else do we want to hit on? Oh, well, the the game of the week was was out of town. Uh, Castile 17, Yuma Catholic 10. Uh, Right in between our our guesses. Well, not our guesses, but where we Our projected lines. Yeah. Uh, So the first notable thing, and thank you, Grady, for doing the research on this, is that this is now, of course, this is only the first game of region play. But we think it's highly likely that Yuma Catholic and Castile will win the rest of their games in, in the region, so thus Castile will win the region. And the last time Yuma Catholic has not been their region or section or whatever they has called it champion was 2008, 10 years ago. Um, and since then, they've only lost once in a, in a region game. Yeah, it's, uh,
1: that's pretty crazy. It's quite, quite the run.. So. Mm-hmm. That's what nine straights, eight straight section titles, region mm-hmm. titles, so but yeah and I'm, I'm it this game this game is really interesting, like if they were to play again in state, Castile and YC, I'm not sure I'd have any idea what to
0: expect, because yeah. the offensive stats for YC were just terrible, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. especially compared to what they do against basically anyone um. Yeah, I mean, Reese, the quarterback, had 44 yards on 11 completions, too. Uh, and he had a pick six, um, which was, yeah, Castile didn't do much on offense either. Uh, and, yeah, Ian Chavez had 40 yards. I mean, no one had more than than 50 yards individually. And, you know, it's a team usually that has three or four guys who do that and a couple and triple digits every week. Uh, J.R. Henderson, who's been basically unstoppable every week, 15 yards on four catches. And they finished with 112 yards of total offense. And it's it's hard to imagine that
1: that would happen again. I mean, you you know, you, once you've seen a defense, I mean, I feel yeah. like you they if it were a state playoff game, they, you know, they'd be able to drop a playbook and something, do some things differently, and be able to hit a, hit a few big plays at least. So it's it's kind of one of those things that it feels like just based off those stats alone. I know you said Castillo's offense didn't do much, but based on those stats alone. On the one hand it feels like Castillo just totally dominated and was probably unlucky to only win by ten or seven. But on the mm-hmm. other, it's like YC's gotta play better on offense the next time yeah. they play. And so i i would be very I don't know what I would think would happen the next yeah. time that if they were to face again.
0: Well on their touchdown, so they were down seventeen to three. They scored first, like midway in the first quarter. Castile did, right? Or yeah, Y C scored first. Field goal? Yeah. yeah, field goal midway in the first. Um, and they blocked a Castile field goal right before that. Uh, Richard Molina on that. And uh, it was scoreless until almost halftime. And that's when Castile scored. Castile ends up scoring 17 unanswered. But, yeah, one of the touchdowns was an interception return. So they had t- only 10 points that is true, offensively. Yeah. Um, but of note, which you could either view this as a good thing or a bad thing, but even Catholic's touchdown drive at the end was a 19-play drive. So that just shows that they probably had to <laughs> –
1: yeah, they were facing crazy. third
0: down on every single, you know, every single time um, to get that. And then, you know, they do end up scoring uh, with, like, two and a half minutes to go. But, you know, can't can't get another one after that. Yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, we talked about Yuma Catholics ranking last week. Uh, they were ranked 10. We're recording this at a very inconvenient time because... Rankings probably, come out, like, 10 hours from now yeah. from when we're recording this, but... So we'll be curious to see where they are, but we are facing the likelihood for the first time in a very long time that Euma Catholic will not have a a home playoff game uh, because they're tenth now. So
1: I'm I'm projecting somewhere between ten and they'll be between ten and fourteen. I'm almost hundred percent sure. Just two teams in front of them lost to bad teams and they'll fall behind, and then two teams behind them beat good teams and they'll jump ahead of them. So, but then there's a group of like four that all won against bad teams, I'm not really sure if they'll jump even Catholic or not. But I mean if they're still ten if they're still ten or eleven, I I, I would see them moving up into the top eight by the end of the season. But yeah. if they drop to fourteen or something, that's gonna be tough for them to get back into the top eight.
0: Yeah, and I guess it really just depends on who among those top teams are left to play each other and sort of Well it'll be more of the middle teams, yeah, kinda of that, that six through mm-hmm. six through
1: twelve range will be the teams that Really interested to see because, yeah, I mean, they're not going to
0: catch any of the Castillos of the world, but right, yeah. Um, and then the last game, uh, no much to say Buckeye Union 54, Yuma High 0. A lot, we were both quite off on our our projected line. This was
1: another one that we could have definitely been the, the what we were thinking line, but I mean, we both we both expected that that. Buckeye would win going away. We just didn't quite anticipate 54 yeah. nothing going away.
0: Yeah, I had 29. Yeah, I had oh, 21. I saw yeah.
1: a lot closer, but but yeah, not. there wasn't wasn't too much. I know there were a few key injuries for Yamaha. I know Isaiah Hoya was out. He's the running back, linebacker, really one of the leaders of the team, and Damien Miller, their tight end, was out, so that's two of their best offensive players mm-hmm. were both out, so
0: it was tough tough for them to do anything that was their region opener but. gotcha and that's the team healer Ridge will play look at that segue let's talk about this Friday's games so we're gonna do what we did last week uh, we don't know what each other has set, and we're going to have our our lines for each game now this is kind of a light week um, no no Kofa or Cibola yeah. so only, only three games we're talking about here um buckeye union at healer ridge what do you have greedy i had buckeye by 15. wow we were off on like everything last week i had buckeye by 14. really yeah i
1: originally had 17 and i crossed i originally had 17 too really (laughs) yeah really really yeah that's that's funny i turned my seven into a five on my piece of paper (laughs) but that's yeah so it looks like we were thinking the same i'll let you start what are your thoughts um,
0: I think, I know it doesn't matter to, to the bigger schools, but I think coming to Yuma is kind of a pain in the butt for those, you know, for some people. Um, so, you know, in home field, just having that, I, I feel like that gives you just a few points no matter what. Um, but yeah, most importantly, Healer just played teams close. Yeah. Um, uh, just like we were saying last week. Yeah. No, they've played teams close. Um, you know, I I did not expect that to happen with Southwest. So that Southwest was going to make that not matter, but uh, but it did. I mean, that game. If Southwest kneels, it's twenty three to nothing. That looks like an even more impressive mm-hmm. loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, Healer Ridge hasn't. Other than that, their biggest loss was by twenty two, and that was a game they were tied in the fourth quarter, and that was against Brawley. Um, you know, Buckeye. Looks pretty good. I guess we just don't know how good they are. It's kind of hard to tell with who they've played so far because they've played basically two of the top teams in 4A and lost um, by a lot against like Sunrise Mountain and 14 against Peoria. And then they've beaten up on some easy teams. So it's I guess it sort of depends on where Healer Ridge falls in with with those teams they've beat um but yeah I, I expect this to be close I and mean, Healer Ridge's offense is probably gonna have some struggles but I think this is gonna be a pretty low scoring game
1: yeah and obviously this
0: is I mean this is where you pull out all your stops if you're Healer Ridge
1: because yeah. I mean this is your region opener Buckeye is probably the favorite in the region I mean I asked well, I asked for Weber around. who played obviously you my highest coach you played them last week and I saw him in the at the gym over the weekend, I asked him if he thought Buckeye was the favorite in the region. He said, yes, definitely. But he, he did say that Buckeye's strength is kind of, uh, I mean, he said they're big and up front, and that's really, they basically manhandled Yuma High up front. Mm-hmm. Weber pointed out that uh, Hila, Ridge is, Hila Ridge is decently sized up front. Yeah. He said they'll be able to kind of match Buckeye's physicality, whereas Yuma High could not do that. So I thought that was some, some good insight, and so it could be kind of an in-the-trenches game and yeah no I mean I I can totally see I mean this is one that we we both have 14 15 but I would not be shocked if it's closer than
0: that yeah the
1: ridge keeps it closer
0: yeah and I mean this is also just about you know Buckeyes what four and two five and two and yeah just two and four so there's you know certainly what the season has been so far but yeah, I mean, I was definitely impressed. You mentioned the line play. Heeleridge's defensive line. It's hard to notice line play when you're in the press box, keeping stats and pretty much only focusing on the offensive guys for that. But Heeleridge's defensive line pretty well dominated Kofa, um, and, and there were what was it, 23 to seven win a few weeks ago. And Rafael Duarte, who was all region last year, had three and a half sacks, and they were all pretty clutch sacks. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm I'm eager to see it. I mean, it might be kind of a boring game as far as just convention goes, but I, I think it will be interesting if Healerich can keep it close. Yeah, and that,
1: that region's really interesting um, because obviously rankings yeah. don't mean that much right now because, I mean, teams have only played five or six games, and especially or obviously things will change by the time this podcast posts since, like we said, 10 hours from now the rankings have come out. But as of last week's rankings – the at Foothills was 19, Buckeye was 20, uh, Young, me. Yunker was 23, Heather Ridge was 24, and High was 25. So th- those wow. five teams in the region occupied 19 through 25, which is – so. I mean, that just shows that there's – I mean, I, I don't I, – I think we both agree there's obviously – Obviously, those are a little bit skewed since uh, Buckeye beat Yuma Hyde fifty-four nothing. So obviously, right. that kind of shows rankings don't mean that much. But it also shows there's not a dominant
0: team in the region. So
1: I mean, according those, to the those, rankings, according to the rankings. I yes. mean, I think we
0: both think Buckeye probably will be, and they were last year.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But but yeah, no. This is. I mean, we're gonna get to you, uh, Yonker in a second. But a at foothills was kind of the second team we were curious about, and I think. We kind of had a higher expectation of them last year because of the year before uh, when they were really good when they were um, in Yuma-Catholics region. But they lost to Yonker. Um, So, like, at at the very least, second place is wide open right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's get to that. So, Yuma High is at Yonker. I had a tough time with this one. What did you have? I had 24.
1: You're joking. No, I'm serious. I had 24. Wow. Yeah. I had 21, and I changed it to 24. So. Yeah, I was all over on that one. Uh, yeah, it's – Yunker appears to be really improved. They went 2-8 and eight last year. Yeah. And that game – Their two wins were against Umahe and Healer Ridge, right? Yeah, yeah. And, they, I mean, they beat Umahe by 22, but I was at that game, and, I mean, Umahe played – Decent. It wasn't quite necessarily a twenty-two point game, and I just I have a tough time believing a team can improve that much. Like you know, it's you can't. I don't think you can make assume just an absolute blowout victory for from a team that went yeah. two and eight the year before. I agree. So, I mean, they're obviously improved. It's just a question of how much are they improved?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I think I think under you know sort of. Other, I, I'm trying to think of what I want to say, but just the circumstances as far as, you know, knowing that Yuma High can sometimes, you know, fall off pretty hard late in the season. Um, I think that is a factor. But, yeah, I just think Yonker hasn't really proved it yet. So, I mean, 24, I think, is still, like, pretty high for this game, like all things being equal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also could totally see this being, like, a huge blowout, um but I could also see it randomly being like a ten to seven game,
1: yeah that's uh that is a uh, yeah we'll we'll see what it, what it is, but
0: yeah, it depends on if High if shows up,
1: yeah, and it's tough for them. their first two region games are both on the road, obviously that requires traveling in that mm-hmm. region, so uh, they were at Buckeye last week and then heading back to Buckeye to play at Yonker.
0: yeah, I had Buckeye so. is not a. Encouraging start to region play. That's, yeah. that's tough. Uh, all right, last one. <laughs> this one wouldn't be allowed to. Uh, it'd be the, off, the, line. Board. Yeah, it'd off be, the board. It'd be like the FBS team playing the FCS team. Yeah, Nickel State against yeah. Uh, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yuma Catholic at ASU prep. What'd you have, Grady? I went with a very
1: mathematical reason behind my line. I uh, added up so. ASU Prep has lost five games, their own five this year. One game they randomly only lost by one point. But the other four games against legitimate teams, their
0: average margin of defeat is 54 points. So I put 54. This is incredible. Last week we were off by so much on everything. I think the closest was five points we were off on value resistible, and everything else was like double yeah. digits. I had Human Catholic by 56 which uh, was just basically eight touchdowns. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, I would probably – I would, was tempted to tack on a touchdown to the 54 just because YC is probably going to be ticked off that they lost last week, and I can see them um, getting an extra touchdown
0: based off of wanting to make a statement, but I left it at 54. So. Yeah. Uh, I was at this game last year. It was one of the weirdest football games I've ever seen. Um, so you Catholic, like, destroyed them early. And this is a team, I mean, just visually, they were very undersized. Like, it, and Yuma Catholic is normally an undersized team, just as far as, you know, build goes. Um, but, yeah, it was tough to watch because, you know, their quarterback was getting hurt. And they had multiple players get taken out. And the running clock kicks in at... Uh, 42 point differential. And their coach told the refs not to do it. Um, I, I think to like harden his players. I don't know what the reasoning was. But anyway, the score was 64 to nothing at halftime. It was ridiculous. And then he let the running clock go in the second half. And I think the final was 84? 77. Or? 77. Okay. 77 nothing. Because that's
1: actually, I, I, I looked tonight through, and that's actually the most lopsided victory in human Catholic football history. Oh wow. So uh and it's actually the most tied for the most points they've ever scored in a game. They they beat uh Santan Foothills seventy seven to fifty in two thousand eleven, so that was the only other time they've scored seventy seven or more. And that was obviously a much closer game. So I don't think we'll see them put up seventy seven again. I think they'll probably try to keep it a little bit lower. try not to beat yeah. a team that bad but
0: Yeah. No, yeah, and no, that was like they were having to put the backups in the second quarter last year, and still just kept going. So, okay, I think that's gonna do it. Anything else? Nope. We
1: uh, well, it's crazy how how close we were on our on our thoughts yeah. on Friday's game.
0: So one point, zero points, and two. We were combined three points off on all three games. It'll be easy, easy next week to choose the what were we thinking line of the week because <laughs> we'll be
1: we'll be. Uh, If one of us got it wrong, then the other one.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud, Twitter at Umasun Sports, or at Umasun.com. Thank you.